0: Hello, I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. And we're the Fashion fashion Geeks. Geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A
1: little flyer, one outfit and
0: podcast at a time. Oh yeah, I'm feeling the podcast love. I am Reg Ferguson, Fashion Geek Number One, and to my side, ride or die.
1: Fashion Geek number two. Tiffany Minnitale Schreiber.
0: Oh yeah. It's a beautiful day here in our studios in Brooklyn, New York.
1: And outside the studios, too.
0: Absolutely. We got our producer, Search.
1: Producing. <laughs> what he's producing, you know, no one may never know. It's but a, no, well, yeah, hopefully he's a very, very good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As we speak. <laughs> That's right.
1: You know. He could be producing other things as well at the same time. I he, think he,
0: sometimes he's multitasking. He is a I multitasker.
1: Think. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, uh, that's extremely helpful.
1: Because <laughs> Lord knows I, I, I couldn't do it myself. How about you, Reg? No, I
0: could, but I'm glad that I have someone who's deep in the game.
1: Right. We keep our skills, you know, to the fashion side of things. And, and your skill in particular is uh, helping the everyday man uh, with his uh, everyday wear.
0: Absolutely. Consider me a personal trainer for fashion. I love that. We work from closet inventory to personal shopping, everything in between. You don't have to be fly like me. This took years to build. Oh. We just want you to be the best that you can be.
1: Which will be very fly if you let Ridge help you out because um, I've, seen, I've seen some of his clients after he uh, put his hands on them and they look really, really fine.
0: Thank you. I don't put a deep grip when I put the hands on the client. <laughs> I try to keep it gentle because I've got decent yeah. mitts.
1: Brushing brushing the shoulders of the, uh, <laughs> of the nice jacket and you know, tugging I, a little on the back of the jacket.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you got to make sure that collar is right, right, gentlemen.
1: The collar cannot have a gap from your neck.
0: Correct. <laughs> Free tip. Don't have a jacket that's too small because if you do that, that collar is going to be all askew. And not properly aligned with your dress Mm, shirt.
1: Free tip, free tip.
0: That's all you get.
1: And also, it can't be too big because then you got what they call a collar gap,
0: right? Then you're swimming.
1: Yeah, and then your your neck is kind of sort of hanging out there, and the back of your jacket is two feet, you know, beyond. It's a no-no. Looks like you're running out of your jacket.
0: Speaking of clients, I actually, if you check on my Instantif, did something a little different.
1: What'd you do? What'd you do?
0: Helped out a female client. (gasps)
1: Oh, with menswear?
0: No, with eyewear. we were
1: talking about gender fluidity here, you know. Well, we were. <laughs> In the prior, if you I'm listened not, not to not the now. prior episode, we were talking about gender fluidity. So that would be amazing if you're helping a female client with menswear. That would it's be amazing. It's still just
0: amazing helping out a client.
1: Okay. So with eyewear.
0: Yes, spectacles.
1: All right. Nice.
0: Yes. Big shout out to Melissa Gordon. Took her to Warby Parker.
1: Oh. They do have a, everybody knows Warby Parker from being online, but they actually do have a brick and mortar here in the city. They have
0: a few. We went down to the one in Soho. Uh, actually, not too far away from Burton with our previous episode.
1: Oh, Okay. When
0: we had our boy Joe on. So, went in there. I've never been into a Warby Parker before. It was an excellent experience. Oh, yeah? For someone who's a professional eyeglass wearer like myself.
1: I have to check it out.
0: It's not bad.
1: It's would you say bad. it's better than your typical, like, Cohen's optical fashion?
0: I would say, but I've never, I've never gone to any of those stores. I mean, for the past few years, my brand has been my boys at Classic Specs.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But this client specifically wanted, as we like to call it, WP. So she had a bunch of frames that she had in mind, and the first one was the charm. Nice. We didn't even really look at – I think we might have looked at a second pair, but not really. It was like the first – I was like, this is really it.
1: And just so you – if you guys don't know this with Warby Parker, uh, if you're doing the mail order thing, they'll send you up to four or five different frames. That's what she did. To try on, and then you pick out the one you like, and you send the frames back, and then they put your lenses in.
0: That's exactly what happened. So – It's the, much
1: cheaper. Much cheaper.
0: Mm, the experience was smooth, seamless. Staff was nice. Good vibe. Like the music. In and out, total. I didn't time it. No more than a half an hour, probably significantly less.
1: Nice. That sounds like a successful trip. It was. A successful uh, job.
0: You could check it out on my post.
1: Where is your post, Reg?
0: New York Fashion Geek on the Insta.
1: New York Fashion Geek, y'all. Check it out.
0: And you can also DM me for a free consultation. Uh,
1: Did you say free?
0: Yeah, free ninety nine.
1: Free ninety nine.
0: What a deal! <laughs> but you know, it's funny, Tiff. Yes, it's. Re- I had a conversation actually recently with someone, and they were like, "Well, don't you do men and women?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do, but the focus is men. Hmm. Obviously, I can work with women, but it's funny that we're talking about that because women are generally the ultimate end consumer for fashion.
1: Yes. That's With, true. Women buy more fashion than than men. Exactly. Any day of the week.
0: Exactly, and often women advise their family members, mm-hmm. their significant others.
1: Yeah, I buy. I buy for my husband.
0: I don't. Yeah, you don't have to keep <laughs> saying that.
1: Although he's been he's been helping out a little bit. You I know,
0: just. I just <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, but have, it's funny what, that you should what have bring I this, done
1: it's funny you should bring this up because I just read an article um that was ta- that, that, uh, talking about women and fashion, but it wasn't talking about women purchasing fashion so much as so women women in
0: fashion or is a women in fashion women, women, in fashion? women
1: as CEOs in fashion in fashion oh, and the article in particular that I read uh the title was. Fashion has shockingly few female CEOs. Yipes. Isn't that interesting?
0: It's not only interesting. I was like,
1: I got to read this. What? I mean, I I guess I I assume that all of these fashion brands and fashion, I mean, if you think about it, you've got a lot of male names, Calvin Klein, um, help me out, Tommy Hilga. And they're all men's names, men's fashion houses. But I figured, you know, there would be females... At the helm, in a certain way, but uh, not from what this article said.
0: I'm not really surprised that there is a dearth, because that's equally shared amongst African Americans re- beyond fashion, just CEOs of Fortune 500 companies of any Regal- right? Regardless of gender. So,
1: well, one of the things that uh, that I read was shocking about this article is at the very beginning of it. And by the way, um, just so you know, you can find this this uh, article. Is in um, Quartz. It's an online news uh, magazine called Quartz. It's QZ.com. And the title is Fortune 1000 Fashion Companies Have Shockingly Few Female CEOs. And one, the statistics in the very first paragraph that blew my mind are. Well, just 12.5% of clothing companies in the Fortune 1000 today have female CEOs. yikes 12%. That's in comparison to companies in aerospace and defense industries, which are 20% female. Did you hear me? Aerospace and defense. Mm. And financial services, which are 18%. Both 20 and 18% female over the fashion industry. <laughs> wow.
0: That's really bizarre.
1: It doesn't make any sense. It does not. Because we are the consumers. When I say we, I say females.
0: Your sisters. We are sisters.
1: We are consumers, the biggest consumers. Women make some 80% of all fashion related purchasing decisions.
0: 80%. Yeah, I mean I'm not surprised. That's why my face is kind of blank. All right. Well, you don't look, okay. <laughs> No, 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 this I'm not No, 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 no. I, I just want I, I just want to be clear. This is systemic sexism. Mm. That's what this is. Yeah. The and the la- article
1: went on to say that female-led companies are almost twice as profitable as companies with male CEOs. So you would think that these companies would work harder to create paths of uh, upward mobility you know, for females within their company. Well,
0: you just hit on something. The issue is always access. The pipeline.
1: The pipeline.
0: That's the problem here.
1: Mm. And these companies are just not creating it for women.
0: It's it's still male and pale. So...
1: <laughs> male and
0: pale. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, literally what you're speaking about is absolutely perverse. There's no question about that. So, we're talking about fashion... Which is predominantly female-oriented.
1: So but you would, yet, think,
0: but yet there's no representation.
1: Well, uh, one of the article, one of the things that the article stated was why they were trying to come up with why. Why is that the case? And what were the, what were the whys? access was one. Sure. The other one is because sometimes women are uh, sort of paying the price when they choose to have a family. Mommy track. Yeah, you know they want to go and have a family, so they have to take time off from work. So they lose that that opportunity to move up um, and I, I mean I, I think it, one of the solutions could be, and I think a lot of companies are starting to do this is you know offer work from home i mean you know if you 're going to be sure. if you 're going to raise a family, and this could be for men and women right. because in this day and age, some men are are taking the lead in the household as opposed to women. Um, in the new progressive era that we are in in this world, for now, right. So that's one of the solutions, um, and and creating access as well. Like the companies have to consciously, uh, really work in this kind of gender diversity in their culture. Um, because women work just as hard as the men. They're just as productive. They just sort of get stuck in middle management for some reason, for, well, for many reasons. Leaving it for you.
0: <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. No, that's fine. I mean, again, it's it's, it's the same playbook, uh, essentially, is are there programs through organizations? Are there internships? Are there people that really give a damn in the senior ranks to have gender diversity, much less racial diversity.
1: And they have to think consciously about it because it is a blind spot for them.
0: Exactly, because the de facto is going to be Chip. Yep. Skyler. So the only way you change that is by having individuals in decision-making roles that reflect the paucity of the of of the gender. Meaning we need more women.
1: We need more women. Right. Right. And
0: again, I'm not trying to make it simplistic, my sister. I'm not trying to do that at all. Just again, as a African American, there's a great parallel here. So and clearly I'm just a guy who's a fashion consultant with the podcast.
1: So hopefully our podcast will uh you know fall on the ears of some CEOs and create consciousness uh, in their life, in their brand, and they will create avenues for women to con- not hit that, what do they call it, fabric ceiling? You know? Oh. The article called, I thought that wow. was very clever. Not a glass ceiling, but a fabric ceiling. That's slick. You guys got to read this article. It's very, very good.
0: One could argue that those people are fashion fools, Tiff. <gasps> fashion. 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 Fool. 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 It's a wonderful segue.
1: It is because you brought us a fashion fool for to the for discussion today. Here we go. <laughs> all right, Reg, who's our fashion fool for today? <sighs> oh boy. We all know when we hear that the expression of air coming out of Reg's mouth that we are in for it.
0: It's because it's it's coming from pain. <laughs> I can't believe I have to put these people out like this.
1: I know. It was kind of like, what?
0: But I'm going to do it.
1: All right, do it. Go ahead.
0: It's the return of the Barney's Warehouse sale.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I was so excited when you sent me that Instagram post.
0: You can maybe still be excited, but I am nonplussed.
1: Well, I haven't haven't gone, but did you go? Yes. Oh, boy. What happened?
0: But no, let's get back to that whole photo thing. When I saw that the Barney's Warehouse sale was back, Tiff, I couldn't have been more excited. Right. The last time they had it was a few years ago, and it was whack.
1: And it used to it be. Was in, it, it was in
0: Williamsburg the last time. Oh, it was a few in years Brooklyn. Ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 I, the
1: yeah. last one I went to was in Manhattan, so that was a good, right, good, which, good while ago. Which was
0: probably at Co-op.
1: Probably. Right. Most likely. So,
0: love those memories of it there, and I have even earlier memories when it was. It was huge. It was right. It was
1: like a, literally an all-day thing for me. Right.
0: Well, when it was in Williamsburg, it was a shell of itself. Oh, and that really? was just a few years ago. Then last week, I received an email. Then I saw a post on Insta, which I did send to you, <laughs> you
1: send and it reposted to me. myself. So excited.
0: It was coming back. Yes. Like coming out of retirement. The Insta post was a shot of the sale from the 70s.
1: Oh, I thought that looked a little yes. vintage. Oh, it was hot.
0: <laughs> it took me back in time. It made me think of the old radio ads with the cool white guy doing the VO.
1: I wasn't here then. I know. So yeah. I don't, well, yeah. for
0: any native New Yorkers listening, you know, that warehouse sale commercial used to hear when you were a kid on 1010 10, Winds.
1: I love that station.
0: Give us 22 seconds. We'll give you the world. <laughs> but anyway, it made me the, the the photo. It made me think of my grandparents making a trip from the Bronx to meet us in Manhattan.
1: It was a family event.
0: Absolutely. It absolutely was for me as a kid. Hmm. I first heard the name Hickey Freeman from that sale.
1: Hickey Freeman.
0: Yes. And what a coincidence. I'm rocking a Hickey Freeman right now.
1: Nice. So clearly this sale has a lot of significance for me. Is that, is that from a long time ago that you're rocking? or Oh, no. This is recent a, this acquisition. Is a new,
0: this is a recent, uh, recent
1: acquisition. Recent yes. acquisition. Less than a year. You're a shopaholic.
0: No, 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 no. I'm all about a deal. And an opportunity.
1: Okay. Can't pass up a deal or an opportunity, which that's is right. Barney's warehouse sale. It, yes. It's yes. Got, it's all wrapped into one.
0: Exactly. And that's why I also feel that this is a New York cultural institution. The lines down the block, woman fighting over a piece of clothing.
1: Well, I didn't experience oh, that. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard stories about it, but I didn't experience that in my uh, in my trips.
0: Men dropping their pants in the corner oh my like God. they're going to see the doctor. What? Yep. There was nothing like it. Terce.
1: Real I service business. It.
0: I loved it. Then e-commerce came. Mm. Instead of having the event every six months, they created a website, BarneysWarehouse.com. I understand it. It makes sense. But coming from a person who still makes the majority of his purchases in-store, Yep. especially suits and sports jackets.
1: Yeah. There's these things that really are, you're spending a lot of money. You want to make sure that you fit. need to right? Like I get things online, underwear or t-shirt or, you know, the, from the basics, the basic things I wear right. that I know will fit because I'm just buying a new, a new pair of them. But yeah, and you know, get something new or something. You got to have your hands on it. You got to feel the fabric. You got to see what the seams look like. You got to see how it fits.
0: I agree. I agree. I think there's still a value of checking stuff out, putting it on, looking at it in the mirror for confirmation. Yep, I'm with you. I've acquired so many pieces from that warehouse sale that are still in my closet, <laughs> aka the clothes museum.
1: Yeah, you still you have a Barney's warehouse in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I have That's a, a pop up to- shop. You could. <laughs> you absolutely could.
0: So imagine Tiff my shock when I found out the warehouse sale has essentially nothing for men.
1: Uh, excuse me. Nothing. What?
0: It was really nothing n- for men. Nothing.
1: So correct me if I'm wrong. Barney's wasn't that a mostly menswear brand
0: yes.
1: for the longest time.
0: Yes. And no, and things change over time. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just talking about the sale always had a men's section and a women's section.
1: And what does it have now? Eh, not so much men.
0: All women. <laughs> oh,
1: neither? Neither. No, all women. No, whoa. Well, all yeah, women. Yeah,
0: all women. Oh. But, but no shoes and accessories for women.
1: There are no shoes? No shoes. Because that's... I've like bought 10 pairs of shoes at one warehouse sale. I heard
0: this story, yes.
1: Are you kidding me? No shoes? I'm not kidding
0: you. Meanwhile, if you look on their Insta, new merch every day. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Come on, guys. No, not so much. Mr. Pressman is turning in his grave.
1: That's interesting. We just talked about how 80% of all fashion sales... Are made by women, so... You, you can still you think get stuff,
0: but you th- you, there ain't no shoes and accessories, so that ain't no sale. But do you think that's what- why
1: Barney's made this predominantly women and not men? No! Do you think that Barney's thinks that men are no longer shopping the warehouse no. for things for themselves? No, Or do you think it's all selling out online?
0: Listen, what it is... What it is is that they're not doing their job.
1: Oh, Oh, that's a serious, that's a serious claim.
0: That's the bottom line.
1: What is the job?
0: The job is to have what you've always had. A men's section, a women's section, everything from A to Z, chock full of nuts. And that's really it. I mean, that's really it. Like from a men's side, it was always rods of suits. Then you had rods of jackets and then you had on tables, pants, tops, and then you had a whole section with shoes.
1: Nice. You had right. a complete set.
0: It was dope. And then you, you had socks. Everything was, you know, sectioned. Right. Uh, you had ties, you know, boom, 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 boom. I mean, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And now it's just a shell of itself.
1: Hmm. So disappointing.
0: Oh, understatement. Oh. I mean, listen, it's like you learn on the court. Come strong or don't come at all. Don't half-ass it. it. Right. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's a show of itself. I
1: mean. Oh, that's disappointing to hear. I was Barneys. I was, I was going to go check it out on the next day you or can. two. But yeah,
0: you can. I mean, you can if you have me in Brooklyn. Well, hi. that's the thing.
1: I'm in Queens. For me to get all the way to Brooklyn is a haul. And if it's if it's not going to be worth it, I don't know.
0: Well, you're. Uh, you know what, Tiff? We're putting you on assignment. You need to go before the sale is over. Okay. Maybe take a photo of two inside, outside. Okay. And then in the next podcast, give us your reconnaissance.
1: Got it, coach. we Will do. Cool. All right.
0: You're a fashion fool, Barneys. Don't speak to me ever again.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure they, you know, they'll listen to the podcast. They'll hear the, the disappointment in your voice. And they will work to make a change for the next warehouse sale.
0: I doubt it. I'm it's putting it whack, out there. Guys. I'm it's putting it whack. out there. It's whack.
1: It is a possibility. It sucks. Uh well, let's move on to something that's not quite as disappointing.
0: Or polarizing.
1: Or polarizing. <laughs> and that is a kind of new segment called accessorize to maximize
0: a to the M
1: a to the M by Very
0: the T I F you got Tiff?
1: So uh, I, I want this, this is a segment I introduced a couple of podcasts, uh, ago. Um, and it's basically talking about, um, accessories to take, take your suit, your jacket, your, your total outfit to the next level. Um, you know, you can put on a jacket, you can put on a shirt, you can put on a pair of slacks or, or jeans or whatever. And and you look dressed. You, you're put together. You're done. But it's what you add to that, the accessories from top to bottom, that really maximize your, maximizes your style, makes a statement about who you are, just like that pocket square you got right now.
0: My grandpa's.
1: Yeah. And I. Uh, as a matter of fact, the prior accessorize to maximize item was pocket squares. It was. So what I'm bringing to you today, uh, which is another favorite of yours, Reg, What's I that? think, um, we're, uh, we're going to deep dive today into watches. Oh! Yeah. to have one on. You always have a watch on. I <laughs> know. That's what I wanted to... I, you always have a watch. Me? Sure. No watch.
0: Oh, no way.
1: In this day and age of the cell phone, having Understood. the time... I think a lot of people like me are like me and, and and the watches I have two watches at home I never wear them. I just never wear them.
0: That's sad.
1: And it's a lost opportunity. It is. <clears throat> Especially for men. And I this is why I say. Do you that. see a
0: lot of men not wearing watches?
1: I uh I would say I've noticed that it a lot of times yeah they don't have watches on. Really? They're holding their cell phone. They don't need a watch.
0: Wow, I mean, I understand i just i guess I haven't picked up on it
1: and what what i want to say is it's not about need. a watch is a piece of jewelry it's a it's a it's an opportunity to, to express yourself and you it's know, a
0: need. <laughs> I need to know the time.
1: It could be a need. But I think most importantly, a watch, it's kind of like equivalent to a woman's bracelet. Although men wear bracelets too. Uh, it's a piece of jewelry. It's a, it's a piece of jewelry that takes your, your look to the next level. And there's, you know, you can wear a wristwatch or you can wear a pocket watch. You've got choices. There are so many choices now in this day and age because pocket watches are so back into fashion now.
0: Really, I mean we yes. we discussed this in a previous episode, and you know I had my late grandfather. Yes, I still yes. haven't gotten that chain. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I have to keep looking. Um, so because of that, I wanted to talk about you know the the watch. You know, I want to talk about the origin of it, the history. Like, where do watches come from? I also wanted to talk about um, you know the different kinds of brands. You know, really good brands that you would probably recommend, or brands that are really nice, luxury. Or brands that are more attainable. And then I I wanted to talk about rules of wearing watches. Can you believe that? There's rules.
0: I did not know there were rules. But there I, are I rules. I can't wait to be schooled.
1: <laughs> and that's what we're—you know—we're here to to help augment your business, your your style and consultation business. Yes. The the fashion geek, um, and in doing that, we're here to help the everyday man not only look good, but look good appropriately, like you know, within the rules and regulations. Now, just like with any rules, rules can be broken. Sure. Right. But we're going to lay it out to you what's out there. And then you can decide with your individual style.
0: Our previous guest was rocking. Two two, watches. Which I used to do back in the day. Did you really? I I told you it my swatches. Oh, that's right. You would wear
1: them too. Me too. I forgot about that. But like breaking the rules of uh, the length of pants and stuff. You know, a lot of uh, men are breaking that rule. Mm. (laughs) Wearing the high waters. Mm. (laughs) But getting us back to watches. Okay. So I did a little research. What a surprise. And um, uh, the history of the watch and where it came from is a little varied. You know, depending on depending on what you read, different sources say the first watch came from different needs or uses. So, you know, the two things that, uh, that seemed to sort of really stick out in everything I read was um, the word watch came from the old English word. Watch, W-O-E-C-C-E. I don't even oh. know if that's the proper way to pronounce it. But it meant watchman because it was used by the town watchmen to keep track of their shifts. So it was a very practical term because they needed to keep track of when they were starting when they were done. Another uh, source said that the term came from 17th century sailors who used the new mechanisms to time the length of their shipboard watches. So once again, the word watch... So that's why it became, the word watch became associated with what you wear on your body to tell time.
0: Isn't
1: that interesting?
0: It is. I I was not aware of the history.
1: And um, another history of the first watch. So one of my sources said the clockmaker Peter Henlein. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. uh, He's often credited as the inventor of the watch. He was one of the first German craftsmen who made clock watches. Ornamental timepieces worn as pendants. So when watches, oh, yes, they're worn as pendants and necklaces.
0: Kind of like yes. our, our friends at Eco risk.
1: Eco they because they constantly, you, if you go to Eco <laughs> it's eco.
0: It's uh, echo or eco. It's they have wrist watches, tomato.
1: but they also have pendant on beads, which I thought was so interesting. And and, yes. and they're they're throwing it back to beginning of time. Pardon my pun.
0: I like I, but
1: yeah. I, yeah, you I, like that? Yeah, I do. Um, So the first timepieces worn on the body were pendants. Um, The first wristwatch is credited or thought to be created in 1812 to fit the wrist of the Queen of Naples. Um, But another source said that, no, in the 1570s, it, it was happening, but it was called an arm watch. And they were primarily worn by women. Um, as the watches were prone to damage by the elements, which is why men wore pocket watches. Oh. So you would put it in your pocket to protect it against the elements, to protect the glass, or or back in the day, it was just a, a metal dome with different cut-out designs that covered the actual hands. So protect the, the timing mechanisms from getting, you know, soiled or hurt or anything like that. They wore them in their pockets. So there you have the origin of the word watch, and what some say are the beginning of the wearing of the watch itself. Very interesting. Are you interested?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm not aware of the history.
1: Um, and I love the history because things are all born out of necessity. When you know, when it comes to fashion, some of it is uh, superfluous, but the, the watch is not. It was a necessary, a, necess- a necessary item. It was a necessity. Thank you. Good job. Um, so that's all I have for history. Any questions? No. Chat clash. Can I move on?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's no quiz. Just...
1: <laughs> that's for later. Oh. So the next, what we, who makes the best watch? That would be the next question.
0: Oh my gosh! Exactly. Yeah.
1: So you know when I do my research, the first thing I do is go to Google. Google search. Oh,
0: didn't realize? Google that. it. You've never told us your sources. Google it. Research.
1: I always Google, and I I typed in, uh, "Who makes the best watches?" Oh my gosh, the the results, <laughs> the results, and everything I read had different different lists of who the top ten or the top eight brands or anything like that. It was just. There were a few brands that sort of showed up in almost all of the searches. Patek Philippe. Yep. That was one of them.
0: Passing on uh, to the generation.
1: Tag. Who are, Yep. How do you say Tag that? Yeah. Tag Howard. Rolex. Rolo. Rolo. Those are some of the few names that were, you know, sort of in every single list. And those are luxury brands.
0: Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, ladies and gentlemen. I don't possess any of those. Maybe uh, you do, but yeah. I do not.
1: And they can be must-have items. You just have to, um, I, you know, save. Well, up. we
0: did. We did. a I must have it for Oris.
1: Yes, we did.
0: The Oris collab with the Rake. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to save up for that. So the more
0: I like what I have.
1: I did find another list was a more affordable list under five hundred, and I think a, a paying for a, paying under five hundred dollars for watches. It's, it's reasonable. It's very reasonable because this thing is gonna last you a long time.
0: I am sure that on your list I probably fit in there on that affordable list.
1: Well, no. some of the names that you might recognize Seiko. Yeah. Casio.
0: Oh, when I was a kid.
1: G Shock. Oh no. That's a recent that's a recent new brand. Well, recent uh it's last a, ten years, right?
0: Yeah, longer than that. Citizen.
1: Yeah. And T-Sot. Yeah. You
0: don't... I will... What are you looking for? Well, no, no, no. I have two Seikos for disclosure. Ah,
1: that's... Yeah, very affordable. Matter of
0: fact, it's funny that you Very see, budget. It's funny... Hey, easy. It's just <laughs> grand, there's grand, nothing wrong Grand Seiko... Grand, there's nothing wrong uh, with uh, grand, a budget watch. Grand Seiko is not a budget watch, Research Queen.
1: Okay, I understand that. Seiko yeah. was one of the first right, to... Right, but
0: I'm talking particularly Grand Seiko. To
1: go into the quartz movement... Grand, Se-
0: Grand Seiko ain't no budget watch. That's all I'm saying. All right. But it's funny we talk about this because look what I have
1: in your pocket, not on your arm. No. But it's a wristwatch.
0: It is, and who's oh. it made
1: by? And it's made by. Got to put my glasses on so I can see. Why
0: don't to put a loop.
1: Why do they make it so tiny? What does that say? I'll tell
0: you. I can't. It's see a that. Seiko.
1: With a broken watch band. I know. That's why it's in your pocket. Yes,
0: because...
1: Did you bring show-and-towel?
0: <laughs> no, I was trying to get it repaired. Oh, okay. So my guy in my neighborhood did not have the appropriate band. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, don't compromise on a leather band.
1: You get what you want.
0: Well, you get what you pay for. This is a beautiful leather band. The history behind this Seiko... This was my graduation watch. Nice. From my late grandparents.
1: Wow. It's
0: a classic.
1: Yes, it is. Square-faced.
0: Roman numerals.
1: White-faced. Square quartz, I should and, say.
0: And finally, because... as With I'm a brown told, leather wristband. Uh, black. That's black. That's actually. black? Yes.
1: Oh, jeez. I can't see anything.
0: Like me. So... Yeah, things wear out over time, ladies and gentlemen. I've had this for uh, a while.
1: I was gonna and, ask, uh, how many years is that since your graduation?
0: a uh, minute.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get you to say one so, time. One uh, time I'm gonna get you to say how old you are.
0: So yeah. They they didn't have a good band. So uh
1: So you go to someone? Else. A, no,
0: it's a long standing relationship. And I was like, Well
1: Are they gonna order I'll something for to... you? No.
0: <laughs> so I was like, Well, Sorry, guys. So I put it in my pocket. I think what I'll probably end up doing, ladies and gentlemen, is going to the Diamond District.
1: Mm, why there?
0: Why not there?
1: I mean, the Diamond District is <laughs> so many, the so Diamond many, District. So many,
0: uh, yes, but do, so many watches. What do they watches, have to do with watch bands? They have everything to do with watches. Okay. And with watches come watch bands. Gotcha. See this watch here?
1: On your wrist. He's yes. actually wearing another wristwatch on his wrist.
0: I am wearing a wrist watch.
1: And which one is that?
0: This is what you'd probably like. And I don't see it on the list.
1: Oh, well, so this is not a comprehensive. on
0: you. It is
1: not a comprehensive list.
0: Clearly, because I am wearing a classic vintage <gasps> 1950s Boulevard.
1: Ooh. I was going to say Boulevard because I have a Boulevard watch as well. Very nice. Very nice. And my point
0: is I got this band in the Diamond District.
1: Oh, okay. And it's vintage. So.
0: Yes, this is a vintage timepiece, so it's that's, int- that's what I'm into. That's my Steves
1: and I, I think that's interesting. she bring that up because vintage is all the rage now, and no matter what the brand is, sometimes the brand doesn't matter. It's the, it's the story behind the vintage piece that, that makes it what it is, right?
0: Oh, pray, tell is it? I don't know. I well, mean, to me
1: There's this gentleman in the business of vintage washes who would say exactly that.
0: And who is this gentleman to to speak Um,
1: of? It's a lovely article that everybody should read. And I'm going to, uh, it's called The Man Who Sparked the Vintage Watch Boom. His name is Aurel Bax? Aurel Bax? Bax. I think it's Bax. B-A-C-S. Yeah, Bax. And and basically what he is, he's an auctioneer. And he auctions off these watches with Mm. history or story as if they're a piece of art. Really? And people are paying money as if these are pieces of art.
0: Like what kind of money?
1: Like, uh, I didn't, I don't have it written down here, but if you go read the article, I think one time piece sold for $15 million. Uh. And I mean, it was a nice name brand watch, but it sold for $15 million because the auctioneer, this gentleman, Arl Bax, uh, told the story of this watch, of who wore it, where it came from. And and this watch was over, I don't know, 80 years old, and it still worked, and it had wear and tear. But that watch went for $15 million because of the story behind it.
0: Because of the story, Tiff?
1: Yes, because of the story. Because there is now a market for vintage watches, Um that is sort of parallel to the art market. And that is they have auctions. They put these watches up for auctions. You have your little paddle. And bidding starts at a couple of hundred thousand dollars for a watch. Gosh. So I think we could safely say that our clientele, your clientele, will probably not be in that niche.
0: No, I mean, my clientele should have a Rolo.
1: You think so? Yeah, why not? Just a Rolex or do you think there's other comparable brands?
0: Obviously. I mean, that's why when you said who who's the best, I was like, well, it's utterly subjective.
1: It is. And that's the point I wanted to make. You go if you do I want you all to go and Google who makes the best watches and see the diversity in the responses that you get. Mm. And basically i looked at the pictures of all these watches and i was like oh my god that's beautiful oh my god that's beautiful and i you know i'm not big on watch brands that's not my thing that's your thing you know you have a knowledge about it beyond me a little bit a
0: passing knowledge
1: but i but the visuals of these watches are all beautiful so it's all subjective as to what you like and what look, keeps time
0: look at that pretty face oh it's
1: beautiful the ah, raised quartz
0: right? yeah the beveled oh, glass. oh that's a
1: Thick, thick glass Uh, there. Very nice. And yours is vintage. Would yours sell for $15 million, you think?
0: Uh, No. I don't know how much it would go for, but certainly not that.
1: Do you know the story behind your vintage watch?
0: I bought it. End of story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So would you say, uh, can you say that your watch is considered vintage now because you're vintage?
0: (laughs) Uh, This watch came out when I was in... Ever thought of. Mm. This watch came out when my mom was a child.
1: Okay. So it does have a story of a prior owner.
0: No, I don't know the private owner. I'm giving you... No, the
1: prior owner. I don't know the prior owner. I know you don't know the prior owner. But what I'm trying to say is, as a vintage watch, it has a story behind it, a history behind it. And if you knew the history of that watch, where it came from, what it's been through, uh, the wear and tear and what it means... Would that make that watch more valuable to you?
0: It would make it intriguing and interesting if the story resonated with me.
1: Okay. And I think that's what Arl Bax is creating with his uh, vintage watch auctions. And that's how he's getting the numbers up and selling these watches, which I think is amazing.
0: Well, does he just auction on his own, Tiff? Like, does he represent somebody? Like, how, Oh, no. How he's he... hired.
1: He's hired by, by people by uh, institutions to sell these watches. He's an auctioneer that freelances all over the world. And uh, apparently everybody knows who he is in the watch game. Mm. So I uh, I don't know the source. I didn't write the source down of this article. So just Google. It's the a GQ m- article I if oh, you're referencing. There you go. GQ. The man who sparked the vintage watch boom. Please read that article. It's so interesting how this man <laughs> created this million-dollar market. Just by talking about the
0: history. I don't even know what to say.
1: <laughs> you don't have to. Because it's, yeah. It, it just, I, just, I wanted to bring it up because be you a, talked th- about vintage. No,
0: I understand. I think all the watches you're talking about would be infinitely in my I
1: must have Right. And they're all beautiful. Now, let's talk about, moving on, the rules of wearing a watch.
0: There are rules, Tiff?
1: There are rules. And this is... Uh, these are basically rules of wearing a wristwatch. With pocket watches, um, I, I, I don't know if they're separate rules. I mean, pocket watches, they're... Like I said, they're back in style. They're very old-fashioned in a way. But, you know, the new fashion fashionistas are wearing it. And uh, looking pretty fly, if you ask me. I love the look of a pocket watch on a young man when his, uh, when his entire suit is all put together. Mm. It looks really together and hip and I want to talk to that person. Okay. Um, But anyway, let's go back to the rules of wearing a wristwatch. I think this is important because I think more men wear wristwatches than pocket watches. And I think the men who wear the pocket watches, men or women, I mean, women can absolutely sport men's wear. Sure. I think those who wear the pocket watches are rule breakers to begin with. So I'm not even going to try to say what the rules are for that. But there are some general guidelines to wristwatch wearing. And I shall let you know 11 of them.
0: Break it down.
1: 11 rules of the watch. So we're going to count down from the 11th to the 1st. So the first...
0: The 11 watch commandments.
1: Yeah, the ele. Oh, I love it. Commandment number 11.
0: I think someone caught that.
1: Wear your watch on the wrist that suits you. What? I know, it seems so simple, right?
0: No, I disagree. What does that mean?
1: Well, that means, so... There are old school rules that say you have to wear it on your non dominant hand.
0: That's why I'm reacting.
1: Uh, Correct. But, but this rule says you can wear it on whichever wrist you want. Basically. Bah! You have two wrists, so one or the other. So why do you say bah to that?
0: Because I'm set in my ways.
1: <laughs> so since you wear your uh, watch on your left wrist, you are right handed Alrighty. Yes. Okay, now I can see why old school would say wear your wrist watch on your non. Yeah, because
0: you're afraid, like you're going to hurt it, right? Well, you're going to break the watch, the break right. the crystal, so because of
1: all the writing, right, and doing yeah, that you're doing with action, your dominant yeah, right. hand, your your wrist watch will last longer. Right? There's a reason on your non dominant wrist. All I'm saying, but you know what? That rule has been tossed to the wayside. Wear it, wear it on whatever wrist you feel like it. Bah. In this day and age, wear and tear on a watch does not make it devalued because there's a vintage watch market now <laughs> which loves the the dings and the and the scratches and the uh everything so commandment number 10 never wear a dive watch with a suit unless you're James Bond of course i never do <laughs> and i I have to say, I love the dive watches. I love all the gadgets. Like the Panerai? Oh, it's beautiful. All the different dials on it. And then the... It's just... I love big watches. I love really big Uh, watches. But the problem is, you put your arms down in the suit. The
0: problem is, it's a big watch. It's
1: a big watch. And it's not going to go under your sleeve. And you're going to look Guys, don't
0: do this. Because if you do, it means you're compensating. That's all I'm saying. Ooh!
1: (laughs) Big watch, big... (laughs) Feet?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> big watch, whack. Uh,
1: so, you know, if you're wearing a suit, you wear a slim watch. Save the big watches for when you're, I don't know. Diving. Diving. <laughs> Commandment number nine, wear dark with dark and light with light. This makes sense.
0: Never thought about that.
1: Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're out during the day, wear a lighter watch, like a, a lighter colored face watch. And at night, you can wear your darker dials such as black gray or brown um Hmm. and if you think about it if you it's they're saying this commandment here is saying keep in mind like a tuxedo is for the evening and you wouldn't wear it to brunch a dark watch dial should be on your wrist at night rather than during your 9 a.m tea time is what this article said wow now i wouldn't have thought about that that either because you know depending on what watch i have and apparently this article is saying you should have more than one um it does make a difference, day or night. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, commandment number eight, beware the implications of checking your watch. So this is interesting. Ah. This is very, I, when I read this, I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. But yeah, I've been in an instance where some somebody has been constantly checking their watch, and I'm in the middle of a conversation, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You got somewhere to be? You, 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 am I not important? Am really? I not interesting? Yeah. Or checking in this day and age, checking their cell phone constantly, checking their cell phones—it it just doesn't look good. So, okay. when are you checking your cell phone right now? No, I know. <laughs> I'm talking here. I'm listening. I'm making a point here. Okay. Yeah, don't constantly look at your watch. Think of it as a piece of jewelry, not necessarily a hundred percent as a timepiece. You're accessorizing yeah. your outfit. Accessorize to maximize. Okay. You don't necessarily always have to know what time it is. If you need to check the time, step over to the corner somewhere and, and have a look. Step out of the conversation. Don't be rude. You like that?
0: I was just thinking of uh, Kumo D. Sorry.
1: Oh. What you think? You thinking? know
0: what time it is. It's an old song.
1: Oh, okay. What
0: time is it? Check the clock.
1: Number seven. Pair watches with outfits appropriately. Now, this seems like... A common sense, right? Yes. Like meaning, match the type of watch you're wearing with the activity you're involved in, or or with the kind of clothes that you're wearing. Right. Like if you're if you're wearing uh, athletic wear, wear a sports type watch. If right. you're wearing a business wear, you need to wear a dress watch. Makes sense, right? Right. Hundred percent. Sure. All right. I don't, I don't have to bang that one in. Yeah. Um. So one thing we want to touch on is if you're wearing formal wear historically yes it's impolite to wear a watch when you go to a a black tie event what yes historically it was impolite you don't want to be wearing a watch you're at the event you're fully at the event. You don't want to have to look at it, look at the watch, see what time it is. But things have changed. is posh. Well, yeah, things have changed in this day and age. So that's an old rule. You can kick that out. You can wear a nice, slim yeah. evening dress watch with your black tie. But on the rare occasions that you are invited to a white tie event. Yes. White tie. That yes. means the most formal of all formal. I, I got you. You cannot wear a watch. What? Do not. Do not, do not, do not. It's a demand of the formal attire. Okay. All right. That's good rule. No, because I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I like had it. no idea. Break it down. So commandment number six, admire other men's watches from a distance. Oh, uh, yeah. Like if you're eyeing somebody else's nice watch, no, you can you can say, that. "Man, that's a really nice watch. It's good to see." But don't go, "Hey, can I see that watch? Can you take it off your wrist and let me hold it?" Oh no, I would never do that. Yeah, I I don't th- I don't know anybody in my circle who would do that either. That's yucky. Yeah, that's uh, that's too close. Yes. Yeah, you, but you can absolutely tell a gentleman that that's a mighty fine watch you're wearing.
0: I never would have thought of doing that, but I'll keep it in mind.
1: Oh, of course. Well, you admire, you're on the street. You admire men who look and fly and put together. Yeah,
0: but not a watch. I'm not checking people out that deep.
1: Oh, okay. Most of the time it's under their sleeve anyway.
0: There you go. All
1: right, number five. This is, uh, this one hurt. This one hurt a little bit. The oversized watch is over.
0: That's what I was just saying to you.
1: It shouldn't have started to begin with is what this article said. An oversized watch will never slide neatly under the cuff. Correct. So oversized watch, sport watch, same thing. It won't, you know, it's got to, it's, you know, it's all about looking nice with a jacket or a suit. You
0: want it bulky. And and... when you
1: drop your arms down, you want to have clean lines. There you go. Um, And uh, this article goes so far as saying wearing big oversized watches serve one purpose only, and that is they scream for attention.
0: I said compensation.
1: Yeah, and I I have to say when I wore my big oversized watches when I was young, I was like, look at me! I'm wearing a man's watch. I'm trendy. I'm setting my own trend. Look at me.
0: Well, women do that now, so what's old is what's new again.
1: Yeah. I love it. I mean, also I did it for practical. Have you seen the sizes of the the watch faces for women? They're small. You need a magnifying glass to see the numbers at my age. Women
0: generally have fine wrists.
1: Yeah. now That's true. And that's what That's what this said. And over, you know, you need to, when you are wearing an oversized, a a watch, it needs to fit. And that's number four, make it fit. A properly sized watch should cover about two thirds of the width of your wrist. Two thirds of the width of your wrist. That's a properly sized watch you're you're wearing right now. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, And a loose band looks sloppy. So you got to make sure your band fits as well. So. Mm Take it to your jeweler. Get that extra hole punched in the band. I've done that. Take that link out, whatever your watch is. I've done that. It's got to look good. It's got to stay on the top of your wrist, and it'll it'll look nice. Not cl- sliding around like a bracelet, which is how I used to wear mine all the time. My big watch. Number three. Yes? Skip the bling. Never had it. You never had bling? No. Your watch has never had any kind of, and bling, by bling, we no. mean all blinged out with the diamonds and the stones. Because no. they're beautiful. Sometimes they're beautiful, almost like jewelry pieces. But once again, this, this article talks about how the bling is once again over, like you said, overcompensating. Screaming, look at me. Uh, and the only, <laughs> it does say the, uh, wearing a diamond encrusted uh, watch should only be left to those who are music moguls so
0: <laughs>
1: so you know if you got it you can flaunt it but otherwise as an everyday man stay away from the bling unless it's unless it's a tiny little accent piece of a stone like in in the number 12 or the number 3 or or in, in you know just small accent make it making it a little nice
0: i'm blingless but i'll keep it in mind
1: um, and they say another thing never buy a watch with fake stones ever mm. never because people will People will say, ah, that's that's fake. Obviously, that person needs attention wearing a fake stone watch. Duly noted. (laughs) You know, this is for all your clients out there, too, to know. Okay. All right, we're getting down to the last two. Number two. Yes. Don't wear the same watch every day. What? What if you only have one watch?
0: Well, you keep one watch till you get a second watch too.
1: So in this, you know, I didn't realize this. I do have two watches. And, you know, I have the luxury of wearing, you know, which one's a dress watch and one's an everyday watch if I wanted to wear it. But, I, you know, I've seen in movies and TV shows, you know, these, these guys who play these high-end characters pulling out this drawer from their... From their chest of drawers, and it's just oh, oh it's a drawer you, of like twenty different watches I do
0: I do pull out of my chest of drawers
1: of course you do, of course you do, <laughs> and I'm like, who needs that many watches? Why do you need that many watches? I don't have
0: that many watches. Well, and, I have a few watches, and well, I probably have ten
1: okay, so that's and you 15. are what this article talks about. You need to have a different watch for, for different events or different things you're doing. You know, a watch for the office, the gym, for sporting events, for dinners out and parties. They all just like they require different clothing. They require different watches. Once again, accessorize to maximize. Don't wear a sport watch with evening wear. You are maximizing your look. So uh the article suggests, you know, you spend your money on a couple of really nice pieces and you fill in with budget watches, you know, things that are under three hundred or or even less. Your Snoopy Timex that you can wear to the baseball game. Hoping to get it. <laughs> Ninety nine dollars on sale right now. And the last commandment.
0: What is it, Biggie?
1: Match your medals and colors.
0: Okay. What are
1: your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I guess. I mean, I think every time I wear a watch, I wear it appropriately. So I think I'm fine.
1: Well, this is for those who do not. I understand. This is not about you. I know that. And what this means by matching your metals and your colors, meaning that you uh, you're not going to wear a brown band from your watch when you're wearing a black suit. No. Um, and you you want the metal of your buckles and your shoe rings and your rings and your collar bars or everything to match, and your cufflinks to match the metal on your watch. You know, it's kind of like the old adage for women in jewelry. You don't wear gold jewelry and silver jewelry together. You either mm-hmm. wear one or the other. You know, it's it's gaudy or it, it doesn't. I mix up my medals all the time because I'm making a statement. I want to do that. But as a rule, general rule, you want to make sure your medals and your colors all come together nicely. And those are the 11 commandments of wearing a wristwatch. It's
0: the 11 watch commandments.
1: Now that we've mentioned it, feel free to break any rule to make your own individual statement. I mean, that is what fashion and being creative is all about. But, uh, you know, as a general rule, you got to start with start at home base, right?
0: Yeah, I liked it, Tiff. All right. I learned a lot.
1: Yay. I'm glad I'm, I'm here to teach you. <laughs>
0: All right, let's And see. speaking
1: of teaching.
0: Fashion Word of the Day. Fashion Word, fashion word of the Day.
1: Because we're here to teach you even more. Now, what we're doing here with Fashion Word of the Day, we're bringing a word, a fashion term, Men's wear fashion term. Reg Reg has one for me. I don't have one for him today. And uh, he's going to give me the term and challenge me with uh, spelling it, defining it, and using it in a sentence. Yep. Bring it. Espadrille. Oh, Espadrille. Yep. Espadrille. Okay. S E S P. A-D-R-I-L-L-E. Yes. Yay! That was a little bit of a challenge. Could tell. Now, as far as a definition, espadrille for menswear, um, I can only imagine that espadrille for womenswear is about the same, and that is uh, a type of slip-on shoe made with canvas or fabric with a rope-type sole sometimes with a wedge you killed it did i get it yeah <laughs> yes yes i have a question y- yes <laughs> uh can you explain to me where in menswear espadrilles are used sure
0: summertime men wear espadrilles i used to rock espadrilles back in the day easily no to make you a did con- not absolutely had two pair Turquoise green, leather.
1: Oh, my God. Turquoise green, too. Oh, they too. were fly. That's bright.
0: Super-duper fly. And beige.
1: Do you have espadrilles to this day? No,
0: no, no. no. This oh. is back in the day.
1: Okay. Would you Would you rock them in this day and age?
0: Uh, Yes. I was fly then. I'm still fly.
1: So that means you got to go shopping because I have to see this. No,
0: I'm not going sh- I don't need... <laughs> I don't need them anymore. I mean yeah. things change, but mm-hmm. I I mean if I needed them I'd get a pair. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Oh. All right. That goes in with our gender fluidi- fluidity fluidity. Uh, no, 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 we no, no. hold on. Before. now.
0: Hold on. That's not about gender fluidity. Men and women wear espadrilles. That's it. Why don't you why don't you do a Google search and do an image <laughs> search of <laughs> Gary Cooper and John Wayne with their espadrilles? I will. Bam.
1: All right. There you go. I've just been schooled. Pretty much.
0: Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun or are down for another one. Please tell your friends about us. Absolutely. Special shout goes to our producer search.
1: As usual, doing the best producing job ever because that's what he does is produce everything, anything, podcasts, producing podcasts. Uh, if you have any suggestions of uh, subjects you want us to cover, whether it's fashion fool, or uh, fashion word, or fashion even hero, fashion hero, you know, if back you in the day consulta- or contemporary, anything
0: you want a consultation,
1: email us as well as hitting us up on our Instagram. Our email address is
0: podcast at nyfashiongeek dot com. Insta New York Fashion Geek. Slip in the DM.
1: Please have a conversation with us. Talk to us. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you dislike. Let us know what we have taught you because we're here for that. We're here for that as well as augmenting Reg's business of style consultation. We want to make the everyday man look his everyday best.
0: Absolutely. I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. See you next time. And remember, always always be be fly. fly.